God is to pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, you may be seated. Good morning. Go ahead and turn to the Gospel of Mark. The Gospel of Mark, chapter 4. We'll be continuing our series on the Gospel of our servant Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, the message today is entitled, Are You Truly Listening? Are You Truly Listening? And before we get into uh, the passage, I just wanted to praise God, uh, seeing Mark and Brandon and Allie and Hannah up here. You know, we talked about the parable of the sower a few months back and just the gospel seed being planted. And God in his grace of the good soil, our hearts, God changing our hearts, softening our hearts, transforming our hearts. And guys, we saw evidence of that today. Four young people that have surrendered their lives to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the fruit, guys, of God's grace. That's the fruit of this local church. That's what we're here for. The glory of God and the lives of people being changed through the power of the gospel. So Brandon and Mark and Allie and Hannah, we love you. And we're thankful for you. And as Mr. Bill said... We are here to come alongside and to continue to shepherd uh, your hearts uh, to Christ. So let's open uh, with a word of prayer, word of thanksgiving. God, we are thankful today. You've been gracious. You've been good. We surely don't deserve salvation. We're all wretched sinners before a holy God. God, we've all rebelled against you. God, in your grace, God, in your love, your mercy, your kindness, you reach down and you save sinners. And God, you've been gracious to save these four young people today. And we want to thank you for that, God. We want to praise you for that. And I agree with my brother Israel, God. I look forward to seeing your glory your hand at work in each of their lives. Father, may they trust you all of their days. And fathers, we turn our attention now to your word. Father, give us ears to hear. God, give us the ability to listen today apart from your spirit, apart from the power of the gospel. This will simply be, be words that go forth, accomplishing nothing. But God, because of who you are, because of the power of the gospel, because of the work of your spirit, because the Bible says that your word will not return void, we believe this morning as we gather, as we hear your word read, and as we hear your word preached, that you will be glorified and your kingdom will be built today. And so we pray this in faith, God. We trust you. God.
God, please help me today to preach your word and open each of our hearts and our ears to receive it and to obey it. And it's in the name of Christ that we pray. Amen. So again, the message today is entitled, Are You Listening? So this past Monday was a pretty interesting day. I was playing baseball with some young boys, uh, my own boys, and then Mark and Camillo and Roberto and Mark, your brother, Tyler. And I was taking them home. And as I was heading there to Basswood, we noticed that there was a truck that was stuck on the side of the road in the grass and the dirt. And it looked like the bottom of the truck was actually on fire. And I saw a lady had already stopped and she was on her phone, you know, calling 911. And so I told the boys we better stop. So I pulled off into a neighborhood, just kind of making sure the boys were away from what was going on. And I went to see if I could help uh, in any way. And sure enough, there was a man that was in the truck. And he was trying to get the truck out from being stuck. But by this time, the hood was on fire. There was fire all around the truck. Fire underneath the truck. The lady had been yelling at him. Another man had been beating on the window. Man, your truck is on fire. You need to get out. And this man would not get out of the truck. He would not get out. So, I mean, I'm yelling and I'm trying to decide, do I go and like try to literally get this guy out of the truck? Because he wouldn't get out. And I mean, there's just a lot of thoughts that go through your mind. And there's a fire. Is this thing going to explode? And all this is going on. And so there were a couple other guys there. And one guy finally said, all right, I'm going in. And so sure enough, he went. The police hadn't gotten there yet. The firemen. And he opened the door to the truck. And he literally basically had to drag this guy out of the truck. Then the police and the firemen get there and this guy goes back into his truck that's on fire to get a Mountain Dew. I kid you not. Now granted, this man was probably being controlled by some substances. He wasn't really himself. But the point of the story is, guys, he wasn't listening. He was oblivious his life was in danger. I mean, that truck could have exploded at any moment. And this man was trying to get his truck out of a hole when it was on fire. He wasn't listening. And I want you to think about that this morning. Are you really listening? Are you hearing the word of God that we're going to read and talk about today? Do you understand eternity? Do you understand the reality of heaven, the reality of hell, of eternal punishment and torment, suffering away from God, suffering God's judgment and wrath against your sin? As you see this morning, if you're really listening by God's grace, you're going to look to Jesus because he's the author the finisher of our faith. He's the savior. He's the rescuer. He's the one that demonstrates love towards sinners, that he died for us. And he's the one who 
saves us from the wrath and the judgment to come. And so just like that gentleman probably had no idea that was God's grace that saved him physically that day. That God sent people that loved this man enough to get him out of a truck that was on fire. And he probably was clueless. And today, sadly, because of our sinful, selfish hearts, we may be sitting here absolutely clueless, oblivious to God's love that has been bestowed upon us through him giving his son, Jesus Christ. I hope that wouldn't be true of any of us today. So when we think about genuine salvation that we're going to look at today, evidence is that you hear the word and you obey the word. Mr. Bill, I thought about you, brother, how God changed you probably, what, 12 years ago now. And one of the things that begin to happen in your life, you and Yvonne both, it's just a love of God's word. Yvonne, you told me yourself yesterday, you guys were reading through Zechariah, being encouraged by the word of God. You see, when God saves you by his grace, you're going to love his word. You're going to submit to his word. You're going to believe in his word. You begin to listen. Listening is about hearing God's word and obeying God's word. Now, just a little bit of the background before we read from Mark chapter 4. Because it's been a while since we've been in here. We're going to be looking at Mark 4, 21 through 34. But the last time that I preached, we talked about the parable of the sower. Jesus was teaching the masses. He was teaching the multitudes. And he talked about four different kinds of soils. Uh, the seed is the word of God as it's being preached and shared and taught. And it goes out. And there was the hard soil or the, the path where the seed just lands and then the birds come and they pluck it up and there's nothing that happens there. And then we talk, talked about the rocky soil that the seed goes, but because uh, it's kind of a surface growth, uh, whenever the heat comes, which by the way, we are now <laughs> moving into the heat of the summer, the heat comes and it just wilts away. You know, thinking about that spiritually persecution that comes, somebody may say, yes, I'm excited for Jesus, and then hardships begin to come, and they're like, okay, I'm not so excited for Jesus anymore. And there's this wilting away. And then there's the soil that fell among, uh, the seed that fell amongst the thorns, the thorny soil, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches chokes away uh, anything that's there. And, and we learned that in none of those instances was there genuine salvation. There was no fruit. There, there was the hearing of the word, but there surely wasn't the obeying, the submitting to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then that last soil was the good soil. It was the soft soil and the seed took root and it bore fruit. And like we talked about today of just the fruit by God's grace of this church family of seeing that in the lives of four young people today, that's the evidence of genuine salvation. So with all that going on, Jesus continues to talk with the people. And so he has his inner circle. He has the 12 disciples that are around him. And then there's others, some that are there that are attentive and they're wanting to hear. And then others that are just kind of along for the ride. And then there's even those religious leaders that we've talked about, the Pharisees and others. They're in rebellion. They hate Jesus. 
they don't understand. They're not listening. They're like the man that I told you about earlier. Their hearts are hard before the Lord. The Lord. So let's go to Mark chapter 4 and let's read our passage 21 through 34. And he, and the he there is Jesus, said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be, under a, to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps, and he rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear with the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. And he said, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? Or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when sown on the ground is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet, when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. So today we're gonna to focus on verses 21 through 25 of Jesus begin, continuing to use parables. And remember, parables are simply kind of short, earthly stories or they use earthly examples to teach spiritual truth and that's what Jesus is doing here so the first truth that we're going to see from verse 21 is Jesus is the light and Jesus brings light okay Jesus is the light Jesus brings light look back at verse 21 says he said to them so jesus again he's continuing to talk with his disciples and others that had gathered around you could go back to verse 10 and you can see uh well when you go back to verse 1 of mark chapter 4 he was there by the seaside and there was masses and then in chapter 10 he kind of goes a little bit uh, different place where there were still people around him but he was now beginning to explain what was going on of the parable of the sower and so now in verse 21, he uses another parable, another kind of earthly example to teach a spiritual truth. And this is the one about a lamp. So this lamp would have been like a, a wick of a candle floating in oil. That's kind of what their oil lamps would have been like. And when you purchase a lamp, just like we would purchase a lamp today, we just have uh, the light bulb, thanks to Thomas Edison. Uh, you don't get a lamp and then say, oh, this is such a lovely lamp. I think I'll take a basket and I'll just stick it right on top of the lamp. And so for them, they had these measuring baskets and it really wouldn't have made any sense for them to have this oil lamp lit and then to put a basket on it for several reasons. Number one, it takes away 
uh, the light of the lamp. And number two, you probably may end up with more fire or light than you anticipated because you could actually start a fire. And not only would you not put it under a basket, but you also would not put it underneath your bed. Now for them, their beds were typically more kind of uh, a flat roll of a mat. You know, we have beds that sit up uh, off of the floor, but regardless, you surely don't want to put a lamp underneath the bed. It defeats the purpose. And by the way, kids, again, that is not something smart because you could start a fire. And so Jesus is like, look, you don't get a, a lamp, a light, and then cover it. Instead, what do you do? Well, you're going to put it on some kind of a stand. I mean, for us, it may be a coffee table or a nightstand. Uh, for them, it could have been a, a candlestick of just anything where this light is going to serve its purpose. So we have to kind of ask ourselves spiritually, well, what? That's kind of the physical ramifications, but what is this getting at when we think about light? Well, first of all, who is the light of the world? It's Jesus. John 8, 12 tells us Jesus Christ is the light of the world. Interesting, in verse 21, when it says, is a lamp, when you go back to the original Greek, it's actually the definite article, the, is the lamp. And so this is... First and foremost, this is referring to Jesus Christ. He is the light of the world, and he didn't come to be hidden. The gospel is to go forth to the ends of the earth. Guys, that's why we are here today as a local church. We're seeing it go through the internet. Praise God for Facebook. That There's people that are able to listen that way. We are gathered here on a piece of property the gospel is to be proclaimed. That's the point of Jesus being the light. Psalms 119.105. You don't have to turn there, but your word, talking about God's word, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. God's word is to be proclaimed. God's word is to be shared. And so it's not for me to be like, uh, Amy, I'm a Christian, but I don't really want to tell anybody. It's going to be a secret. No. When you become a Christian, you are excited. You're thankful. And you should have a heart's desire to tell everyone that your allegiance now belongs to Jesus. We are not to be ashamed of the gospel. Now, we may struggle with doubts and feelings and discouragements and all of those things is surely not an easy path. But if I'm ashamed of the gospel, I need to check my heart. Am I actually in the faith? Is Christ my Lord and my Savior? He gave his life so that I could be forgiven, that I could have eternal life. He's the one who loved me and gave himself for me. And so my life now belongs to him. This is why I had Pastor Doug read Matthew 5, 16. A parallel passage, you don't have to turn there, but it says, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and glorify who? Not me, not you. Glorify your Father, our Heavenly Father in Heaven. Our lives are all about the glory of God. So, Miss Yvonne, when you brought food over to us yesterday, 
That was the love of God. That was God being glorified. He just chose to work through you. And that was awesome. So thank you, by the way. The chicken dumplings were awesome. I definitely could not have cooked that up myself. So it was very, we've had some sickness in our family this week. So it was a blessing. So I appreciate you, my sister. So guys, whatever that looks like in our lives of glorifying the Lord to proclaim the good news of Christ. Now look at verse 22. It goes on to say, nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. Now, things may be hidden for a time, but it's so that at the right time, it's going to be manifested. It's going to be brought to light. Think about kids, parents, grandparents, Christmas time. Okay, I know everybody may have different traditions and things of how you celebrate, but typically there's the giving of gifts, and you probably try to some extent to hide those gifts from your kids until the right time. And then there's the opening of the gifts, and at that right time, kids, right, there's this excitement, there's this joy of, wow, this is awesome, and we're able to show love you know, towards one another. Pastor Doug, I thought about you, man. I wanted to brag on you a little bit. Where are you at? There you are. So this past year, we voted uh, as teachers at Okeechobee Christian Academy of who was going to be the teacher of the year there at our school. And the votes were tallied in, and we didn't know until at the right time, our last teacher luncheon, it was announced that Pastor Doug, Mr. Nicholson, as he's known at OCA, it's the teacher of the year at our school. That was awesome. Awesome. God's used you, man. I know we texted about that. God's used you to influence the lives of so many young people uh, through the power of the gospel. And that was recognized. And people were able to give testimony. It was brought to light. It was manifested of our pastor, how he has shown the love of Christ. And then I will have to mention, he also got the Dork of the Year Award. But... <laughs> That was the award he voted for himself. So you can, uh, you can talk to Pastor Doug about that. So uh, that was kind of funny that you got Teacher of the Year and Dork of the Year at the same, same time. But here's the point. The gospel is to be manifested. And let, let's get serious. When we think about Jesus, we go all the way back to Genesis 3.15, right? Sin has entered in. But there was this prophecy, this promise that was already given in Genesis 3.15 that there was going to be a Savior. There was going to be a Messiah that was going to crush the head of the serpent. There was a type. There was a shadow to come. And then we think about Noah and we think about the ark. It was more than just a boat. The ark was the place of safety. It was the place of rescue. And the only way you could be saved from God's wrath and judgment of the flood was to be on that ark. And so Noah and his family were on that ark. Well, guess who the ark ultimately was pointing towards? It's Jesus. You can only be saved from your sin and God's wrath and judgment against your sin through Christ who substituted himself, took your place, which then leads us to Abraham and Isaac. 
Okay, there was something bigger going on than a Abraham. Did the mic just go out? Okay, I thought so. I was like, I think I just got a lot more quiet. There was something bigger going on just a than Abraham showing his love for God over his son. I mean, that was a part of the story. But more than that, whenever the ram was caught in the thicket and Abraham was coming down with the knife to sacrifice his own son, it was pointing us forward that God was going to give his son, Jesus, to substitute in our place to sacrifice himself, sacrificing his son to rescue us from our sin. And we could go on and on. Micah 5.2, where the Messiah would be born. Isaiah 53 of the suffering servant. But I want you to turn to Galatians chapter 4. Galatians chapter 4. And I want you to see this truth. Young people, our youth, we've been studying through the book of Galatians. So you should remember this. Galatians 4, 4 through 7. When we think about the truth of God being manifested. Galatians 4, starting in verse 4. But when the fullness of time had come, don't miss that, the fullness of time, when it was the right time, look at what it says. Thank you, Brandon. God sent forth his son born of woman, born under the law. Why? To redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons because none of us keep the law of God. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Then look at verse six. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts crying, Abba, Father, so you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God, praise the Lord by his grace, praise the Lord through the work of Christ. We are adopted sons and daughters of the king. But all of that happened at God's appointed time. And that's what, when you think about Mark 4, and you go back to verse 22, and it says, nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. God's plans and purposes are coming to light in the gospel of Mark. The whole reason why Mark was writing this gospel is so that the world would see that Jesus Christ was the Savior, the Messiah. Think about what John the Baptist said. Behold, the Lamb of God who comes to take away the sin of the world. John 1.14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us so that we would behold the glory of the son the glory of the father and then i want you to turn to john 3 16 through 21 john chapter 3 and we talked about how jesus is the light look at john 3 starting in 16 a very familiar verse For God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through him. 
Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. And this is the judgment. Look at what it says. The light, Jesus, has come into the world, and people love the darkness rather than the light because their works were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his works should be exposed. But look at verse 21. But whoever does what is true comes to the light, so that it may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. Jesus is the light of the world, and he shines in the darkness, and Jesus is the one who changes our heart and saves us from our sin. Spurgeon put it this way, talking about the gospel and Jesus. We don't have to defend the Bible. You just let the lion out of the cage. It will defend itself. Guys, we just need to share Jesus. Jesus will be magnified. Jesus will be glorified. The kingdom of God will come to pass. We just simply need to be ambassadors, representatives of the gospel. Are you listening today? Do you see Jesus as the light? Is Christ shining in and through you? Let's go to the second truth today. Jesus is the one who gives us ears to hear. Go back to Mark chapter 4, verse 23. A very simple passage, but very powerful. Mark 4, 23. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And you may be thinking, all right, Jesus, what are you getting at? We got ears. We're, we're hearing. We're listening. Well, are you really? Are you really listening to the word of God this morning? Think about it this way, kids. Parents, sometimes you may have a kid who's playing a video game. And you may say, hey, you need to go take out the trash. And what they heard was, they didn't hear anything that you said because they were playing video games. So even though you said something and they heard something, but it was, they don't respond. Or sometimes, kids, you actually hear your parent, hey, you need to go take out the trash, and you're like, I don't really want to go take out the trash. I'd rather be outside playing basketball or whatever, so I'm not going to do it. And so you hear what's been said, but you really don't listen because there's no obedience. And then, by God's grace, there are times, kids, when you hear a parent, hey, you need to take out the trash, and with a submissive, willing heart, you take out the trash. I want to brag on Isaiah. Where are you at, Isaiah? There you are. You're still awake over there. So Isaiah this week, he had the infamous job of dishes in the Phillips household, which is like the one chore you really don't want because we do have a large family. And I had asked Isaiah to wash dishes while I was gone somewhere. And you know what, buddy? You did what I asked you to do. He was listening. Now, let's think about that spiritually speaking. When you look at verse 23, if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. Guys, 
there were people all around that were hearing what Jesus was saying of these parables. There were some people that it was kind of background noise. Okay, this guy's kind of nice. He's new on the scene. He's kind of popular. They just went about doing what they were doing. Made absolutely no difference in their lives. There were other people like the Pharisees. They heard exactly what Jesus said. And they were like, you know what? I'm not submitting to that. Because they were self-righteous. And they were arrogant. And they were prideful. And they rebelled against Jesus. They rejected him. They were not saved. Even though they, they heard the words. And then by God's grace, there was that soft soil, right? There were people that realized, I am a sinner against the holy God. And Jesus is that God. And if I don't put my faith and trust in Christ, I have no hope. I'm going to suffer God's right, righteous judgment. And there were people like the disciples who submitted to the authority of Christ. Look at Luke chapter 6. Let's turn there real quick. Luke chapter 6, 47 through 49. I want you to see what I'm getting at. Luke chapter 6. Actually, we'll start in verse 46. Luke chapter 6, start in verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my word and does them, I will show you what he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. Did you catch that? Hears the word and submits to the word, does the word, obeys the word. And then verse 49, but the one who hears and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great. So here's the sad reality in a local church like this at Everglades and as other brothers are preaching the word today, there are people that they hear the word, they don't submit. I'm begging you today, don't be one of those people. Don't be like the man that I started with today of that story. We're banging on his window, we were yelling at him and he wasn't listening. See your need for Christ today. Let's go to the third truth. So not only is Jesus the light of the world, not only is Jesus the one who opens up our ears to hear the truth, it's a work of God's grace, Jesus is to be glorified in our lives. Look at verse 24. And by the way, as we're turning back there, if you don't have spiritual ears this morning, pray. God, change my heart. Give me ears to hear your word. Give me a love for your word. Mark chapter 4, look at verse 24. Jesus goes on, he says to them, pay attention to what you hear. Okay, be watchful, be alert. Listen to what I'm saying to you. We probably have all done that as parents, haven't we? <laughs> pay attention. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. The closer you listen, 
the more understanding you're going to get, the more you're going to enjoy God, the more you're going to submit to his word. Sometimes we say it this way, how much you put into something is how much you're going to get out of it. Spiritual application, Christian, the more time that you spend in the Word, so when God has given you a new heart and He's given you spiritual ears to hear, the more time you spend in the Word, guess what? The more you're going to get out of it. The more time you spend with your church family, serving and fellowshipping together, guess what? The more you're going to get out of it. That's how God has established his kingdom to work. Let me illustrate it this way. So this week, because I was off from teaching, I was able to take my boys to the gun range, part of their homeschool group. They have some guys that pour into them and they've been learning gun safety and how to shoot guns. It's not really something I ever grew up uh, doing, so it's pretty new uh, for me. But I want you boys to listen. This is for all the kids what the gentleman told me, Mr. Brian. He said, you know what? Because your boys have listened and they've been respectful and they understand the significance of the guns and they were able to kind of spout out all the different safety rules, he says today they're going to be able to do something a little more fun. And so they had this like xylophone set up with these different uh, metal targets. There were seven of them. And so they got to shoot at them and hear the ting, ting, ting. And they loved it. And they were following all of the safety rules to be able to do that. So when you look back at verse 24, and it says, pay attention. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. And still more will be added when we are submitted to the word of God and we're submitted to the leadership of God, the leadership of his people, you can continue to grow and mature in your appreciation and your love and the opportunities that you will have before the Lord. Pretty awesome. The more you enjoy God and spend time with him, the more you're going to get out of it, guys. It really is that simple. Now, verse 25. He goes on to say, For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. So when we think about glorifying God with our lives, for the young people that became a part of the church family today, you need to be faithful in the little things first. He who is faithful in the little, Brandon, your faithfulness, man, with the sound and with the trailer, all those things. Brother, we see that. But more importantly, God and his grace is maturing your heart. He's preparing you for whatever he has for you of building his kingdom for the glory of his name, but his faithfulness in the little things. When you're faithful in the little, what does that passage say? You'll be given more. I mean, that's what it says. More will be given to you. 
just like the story I just shared with my, my boys, because they were willing to listen, because they had been faithful in the little things, they were beginning to be entrusted with more. Versus, let's think about the illustration this way. I'm showing up, new guy on the scene. I'm like, I'm not listening to those rules. I'll do whatever I want to do out here. And I kind of take the gun and I'm just, you know, going around like this with it. And I drop it on the ground. I, I don't even look to see if the safety's on. You know what those men would have done? Sir, bye. You're not using these guns. Because I had no respect. I had no submission. I was stuck on myself. And they would have had every right to do that. Right? But think about this passage, even more significant than that. Verse 25, to the one who has, more will be given. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. I want you to think about that. Think about what we've learned this morning. I mean, first and foremost, God has to open up our ears to the truth. God has to give us a new heart by his grace. That's a work that only God can do of regenerating the heart. So hear me say this morning, if you're not in Christ, you need to be praying, crying out to God, God, I am a sinner. Please forgive me. Change my heart. Give me a new heart. That's what it starts with. And then we have to continually submit to the truth of God's word. It's growing in grace, being sanctified, continually cleansed before the Lord. Because here's the sad reality, guys. If you're here today and you don't submit to God and you don't submit to his word, all of your talents, all of your passions, all of your abilities, it'll be for naught. It'll be an absolute waste they're not used for the glory of God. And hear me say this, God, because he's God and he's holy and he's righteous and he rules from his throne, as Psalms 115 says, and he does as he pleases, he has every right to take away those gifts, passions, and abilities if he so chooses. He has every right. I leave you with this story. Uh, Jeremy Lin, I'm a big basketball guy. Some of you probably have no idea who that is. He was one of the first uh, Asian uh, American basketball players in the National Basketball Association. He was a superstar a few years back in the early 2000s. Well, he grew up in a Christian home. His parents were believers. They read the Bible together. They attended church together. But young people, listen to me. He knew the truth about Jesus. But he didn't embrace it for himself. And by his 11th grade year, God and his grace had allowed Jeremy to grow. You know, in basketball, you really do need to kind of have some height to you typically. And he had grown and he had become a really, really good player to the point where they were advancing for the state championship. Well, guess what? Jeremy knew he was really good. And he was beginning to let everybody know how good he was. He became prideful. He became arrogant, self-righteous. You know what God did? You know, sometimes in basketball terms, we talk about breaking somebody else's ankles. That's like the, the lingo today of when you do a nice move and they fall over, everybody's, oh, you broke their ankles kind of thing. Well, in this case, God allowed Jeremy Lin's ankle to be broken literally. He broke his ankle playing basketball and it put him on the shelf for several months. 
But God and his kindness, you know, Pastor Doug talked about discipline. You know, there's that formative and that corrective discipline. The discipline for Jeremy Lynn in that situation, he realized I was completely playing for myself. And he repented. He asked God to forgive him. He asked God to change his heart. And he realized it was really about an audience of one. And so he recovered from that injury. He went on the next year to win a state title. He went on to play college basketball at Harvard. He was actually a pretty smart guy as well. And then he went on to play in the NBA. And I don't know all the ins and outs of his story, but at that part in his life, he realized life wasn't about him. It really was about God. Are you listening today? Do you have spiritual ears? Have you and are you submitting to the truth of God's word? Has God saved you by his grace today? Have you been born again? May our prayers this week as believers be this. Jesus, I pray that you would shine in and through my life today. Jesus, I pray that you would give me spiritual ears to hear today, this week. Jesus, I pray that you would be glorified in my life this week. Let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you just for these simple words from Mark chapter four about a, a lamp, about spiritual ears, about just really responsibility and the gifts and the talents and the abilities that you give and how ultimately, Jesus, it really is all about you. We need you to save us. We need you to give us spiritual ears to hear. And we can only glorify you through the work of your spirit, the work of your word. And so I pray that for us as a church family, may we continue to be about the gospel in all that we say and do. God, I pray for the salvation of every man, woman, boy, and girl. And Father, I pray for us that are in the faith that we would continue to submit. We would continue to grow in the gospel. We would continue to grow in our love and just worshiping Jesus of you. God, bless our little church family. God, use us as you see fit. May we be faithful in the little things. And God, may you bless us to do more for the glory of your name, the furtherance of your kingdom, God, whatever that looks like. And we ask all these things in the wonderful name of Christ. Amen. Well, let's all stand and we will worship the Lord through song.